It might get loud. It might light a fire within you. It's all hands on deck. Now, for your listening pleasure, 94.9 News Now presents Mean Chet Martin, the Long Island redneck Brian Bro, and fearless C.V. Burton. This is Freedom on Deck. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Mean Chet Martin here to discuss the topics of the day with you. Also, C.V. Burton will be coming up on segment two. We've got some good guests lined up today. Dan Wass, one of our all-time favorites. It's been a while since Dan has been on. Dan is heard on the Loaded Mike podcast. He's also a contributor to the Daily Caller and also Ammo Land. You may have seen Dan Wass on NRA TV. He does a lot of work inside NRA, so it'll be good to hear from Dan. And then we're also going to bring on the one and only Tony D, Tony D'Angelo. Last time we talked to Tony, we were getting into the discussion before uh, the midterms, and now we're bringing Tony back on to discuss the border policy issues with Tony, I think. You know, we had a... Uh, a fantastic week at 94.9, being able to listen to Lee Elsie for the complete morning show and then also f- to hear him filling in for Mike Gallagher from 10 o'clock all the way through till noontime and all the busy calls that he took. He was uh, killing it with some great guests, and it was a pleasure listening to him the whole time. I really did enjoy it. I wasn't able to call in. I did try to call into the Mike Gallagher hour while Lee was on, but he was jammed up packed, man. It was it was a good look for him, for sure. I had my kids out here, and we were busy. We were going ice skating, doing some other things while they're visiting Long Island uh, for their uh, winter break. And I had a good time with that. But Lee gets all props for his filling in for Mike. And hopefully, um, hopefully that leads to something big, maybe a national slot for Lee eventually. He's, he's there. He should be there. This was bigger than war. War was big, but this is bigger. Mike Gallagher's bigger. You got the Salem Radio Network. If you can get your voice out there on the Salem Radio Network, that's where the conservatives are going to hear you. You get a, you get a much bigger uh, ripple in the pond that way. I'm going to start the show off like this. I don't know how many people out there are concentrating on the Twitter files, but I have been. So Senator Ron Johnson was calling on Democrats to join Republicans investigating the threat of politicized federal law enforcement after the latest installments of the Twitter files revealed that the FBI paid Twitter more than $3.4 million while the Bureau was pressuring the social media company and reportedly undermining Johnson's probe of Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings. The corruption revealed the Twitter files is only the tip of the iceberg. There's a much larger story that needs to be uncovered and exposed, Johnson told the Daily Signal. The Wisconsin Republican mentioned that the incoming GOP majority of the House of Representatives seems likely to investigate the FBI and other federal agencies, but he urged Democrats to join those efforts. Statement from Johnson. I will do everything I can to assist House Chairman leading these investigations to find as much truth as possible. However, we need Democrats to put aside partisanship and join our efforts, Johnson said. Even though the current deep state favors them, Democrats need to understand that the threat of politicized federal law enforcement, national security and intelligence agencies represent to our freedom and democracy. As ranking member of the Permanent Subcommittee Investigations, I remain dedicated to delivering deeper, delving, excuse me, deeper into the issues and provide the American public information they have the right to know, he concluded. Senator Gary Peters, Democrat from Michigan, chairman of the Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Government Affairs, the chief oversight committee in the Senate, it did not respond to Daily Signal's request for comment. Johnson and Senators... Chuck Grassley from Iowa accused the FBI of acting to discredit their investigation into the financial connections that President Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, has with foreign governments. On August 6th of 2020, 
Grassley and Johnson met with the FBI's Foreign Influence Task Force. During the meeting, the FBI brought up information that we already knew and information unconnected to our Biden investigation. Grassley wrote, elements of the meeting were leaked to the press, leading to what Grassley called inaccurate media articles during the course of our investigation, which falsely labeled the investigation as advancing Russian disinformation. The FBI got its hands on Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop on all the way back in December of 2019. But according to whistleblowers who spoke to Grassley and Johnson, the Bureau failed to investigate the smoking gun claims that Joe Biden himself was involved in Hunter Biden's lucrative foreign business deals in China, Ukraine, and other countries. Worth, uh, worse, some political observers say the FBI on other intelligence agencies seem to have pre-debunked the story, pressuring Twitter and other social media platforms to suppress it as foreign misinformation, even though the laptop indeed has turned out to have been owned by the younger Biden. All right, guys, this is the article in, in which I'm reading from. It's from The Daily Signal, as you probably already grasped onto. And this has to do with the Twitter files that have been dropping uh, in December. This one in particular dropped late December. So here's the issue here now. Um, whether you want to discredit the story because of uh, Senator Ron Johnson or, or Chuck Grassley, who have been advancing um, the idea that the FBI is corrupted and hid information from us, the American people, in order to keep Joe Biden's push to become president of the United States alive. You know, this show uh, does believe that it was a rigged election. We do not believe that Joe Biden in any way, shape or form came up with 81 million votes. He couldn't get that and on his greatest day. Um, and, and, and most of those votes that were tallied uh, were legitimate, but there were many, many that weren't. Now, but this is this is going back to the laptops. So the Twitter files show that they had the information and that Twitter and other social media suppressed the news, meaning that once the FBI got a hold of the laptops and found out what was on it, and we know what was on it now because of all these files dropping, we knew it was on it then too, but you just couldn't get it out there to the media because the mainstream media and social media were in coots with the FBI and the FBI discredited all the stories and then the stories were taken down from social media. So a lot of people get their information from social media. Unfortunately, that's where a majority of young people get their information from. It just is what it is. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as there's a fair and balanced way of distributing the news, but there's not. That's the issue. The issue is not to say that um, that this rigged anything as far as the election go. But the issue is to say that a lot of people that learned about the Hunter Biden laptop and what was on it and the fact that Joe Biden was indeed taking money in from his son's involvement with these businesses when he was the vice president. And people have said it influenced their decision on who they were going to vote for. Now that you have these files dropping, known as the Twitter files, we are finding out that indeed these stories connected directly to Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, the laptop and all that, were taken down and suppressed. Some just totally taken down. You couldn't find them if you wanted to. If you're going, you hear people say, well, uh, check it, look it up on Google. Yeah, Google was a part of that, too. So, you know, they have cornered the market in your information. You only get one thought, and that's the thought of the Democrats, the thought of the Biden administration, and the thought of mainstream media. So any of these stories that have validity, that showed you they were investigating Hunter Biden and his laptops, most people didn't know at the time. Now most people do. And now that these files are dropping, we need to find out exactly how much Joe Biden was advancing with his son and how much he knew and whether we can uh, impeach him. I say impeach him. Impeach him. He deserves it. If he's taken money under the table while he's the vice president of the United States, he's not fit for office. Period. End of story. 
All right, listen, CV's coming up next. I'm going to round the show out with you. As I said, today we have some great guests on the docket. We have Dan Wass. We have Tony D'Angelo. Me and CV will be giving you the news right here on Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 FM on your local Fox News station. Thanks, Chet Martin. This is C.V. Burton wishing you all a happy new year. And remember, there is no happy and there is no new year if you're driving drunk, stoned, or what have you. If you're partying and you're not home tonight, crash at the house where you're at. But don't pull a Billy Joel and crash into a house where you're not at, okay? Okay, so you got me again for another 11 minutes of playtime. So what are we going to talk about? The last few weeks I've been taking a spiritual slant on things. What, does that offend you? Well, you offend me too, so we're even. What do you want me to do, sit here and pretend to be all worried and frustrated When I know God is in control, that certainly doesn't mean I just sit back and pray instead of fight. On the contrary, when I know God is with me, I fight with more confidence. I fight more, not less. So my enemies, be on notice. The other night I was strongly urged to look up this phrase in the Bible. Commit your ways to Yahweh. Yahweh is God's name, in case you didn't know. So I did a search and found it in Psalms 37, verse 5. It says, Commit your way to Yahweh. Trust also in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine out like light and your justice as the noonday sun. And God knows we need justice today, don't we? So I kept reading from verse 7 to 10, and it gets even more pertinent to the times in which we live. Verse 7 starts, Rest in Yahweh and wait patiently for him. Don't fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who makes wicked plots happen. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Don't fret. It leads only to evil doing. It said don't fret twice. That's significant. Why don't fret? Because it leads to doing evil. It goes on. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for Yahweh shall inherit the land. In other words, you get your country back. For yet a little while, and the wicked will be no more. Yes, Though you look for his place, he isn't there. That sure sounds like a promise to me, because it is. Let's continue. But the humble shall inherit the land, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Abundance. You know, I always talk about the abundance in the universe. 
The abundance the left deny. It goes on. The wicked plots. That's the second time it mentions plotting. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. Oh, you see, they plot. So conspiracies have been happening since biblical times. So they call us conspiracy theorists. You know, they call us that. The very ones who conspire. Hey, how did uh, Russia collusion work out for you? Ask them that. The word continues. The Lord will laugh at him, for he sees that his day is coming. Your time is gonna come. Sorry, I didn't mean to break into song. The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy to kill those who are upright on the path. See, this is talking about the cult of death, obviously, and they do intend us dead. But, it says in verse 15, their sword shall enter into their own heart. Their bows shall be broken. That is, their weapons and their tactics, which they use against us, shall fail. So, should you have a strong urge to look up a phrase in the Bible in the middle of the night, like I did? Look it up, because it could lead to a broader message. A strong message. I read one chapter of the Bible every day. I've committed myself to that. And when you read the Old Testament, you see a definite pattern, particularly when you get to the book of Judges. When the nation of Israel follows and walks with God, they have long stretches of peace, sometimes up to like 40 years or so, until they start following after false idols and start behaving wickedly again. Then they are vexed by enemies without and from within. Does that sound familiar? And this is to humble them and cause them to seek after God again. So why should today be any different? We have seen the faithless cult of death, which is anti-life, how they have co-opted every conduit through which information flows, education, news, and entertainment, even the industries of science and medicine, We've sure seen that within the last three years or so. Even the justice system is corrupt. You can scarcely get a trial to hear any evidence of voter fraud. Apparently, today's common wisdom says that voters have no standing in issues pertaining to voting. What? That one judge that took on Carrie Lake's case in Arizona, Judge Peter Thompson, he seemed fair at first. But I didn't know that there were 10 counts which the Lake team were pursuing, and he threw out eight of them, probably the counts which had the most evidence. He allowed only two, but gave them a ridiculously high criteria. First of all, he would only listen to arguments up to five and a half hours. That's hardly enough time to show all the voter fraud. But he only took on these, these two counts. And it only gave them five and a half hours to hear them. They didn't just have to show that the botched election caused Lake to lose. They had to show it was intentional. And that's not all. They also had to prove who in particular planned it. Even with that impossibly high hurdle, the Lake team did prove all those things, in my opinion. But of course, the judge came back and said that the problems in Maricopa probably did cause Lake to lose, but that her attorneys could not prove it was intentional. Dismissed. This is the world we live in now. From the outset, I and many others have encouraged Carrie to fight on, that God is with her. And she already knew that, of course, but encouragement from other people is definitely important. Always be encouraging people. So she vows to fight on, and she appealed. And we saw with all these Twitter file dumps, which Elon Musk has been so gracious to share, we saw how our own Department of Justice, now the Department of Injustice, has been rigging elections through social media by squelching stories that hurt Democrat candidates and fostering 
false stories that hurt Republican candidates, most notably President Trump. And the files show that it's not just Twitter, it's Facebook too and others. And then you see the FBI's response and they are so stupid that they admit it and are proud of it. In their response, the FBI just confessed that their, quote, correspondence with Twitter are examples of our ongoing federal government and private sector engagements, which involve numerous companies over multiple sectors and industries. You know what? Dismantle the unconstitutional FBI. And it wasn't just the FBI. It was the CIA also. And they... And they're supposed to be working on foreign threats, not local social media threats. Whatever they call threats. Uh, the truth is what they would call a threat. So in short, we have our own government spying on us, censoring us, persecuting, and even imprisoning political dissidents. We have the election system totally opaque, shifty, untrustworthy, and corrupt. We have the judicial system protecting Democrats and punishing conservatives if they so much as jaywalk. We have President Trump, who is the most unconstitutionally abused man in history. They just unconstitutionally stole and published all of Trump's tax returns from the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. And as always, they're looking for a crime. They didn't start off with an accusation or... Uh, any evidence that a crime has taken place. So where does this end? I'll tell you where it ends. It ends when God says so. And it won't be by our own power. Although we will fight on and be instruments for God, it is God who does the works to His glory. Remember that and watch for it. Jed is next with Dan Wass. Stay tuned. This is Freedom on Deck, 94.9, Fox News Radio. Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. On the line right now, one of our great regulars, host of his own outstanding program, The Loaded Mike Podcast, author of Good Gun, Bad Guy Series 1 through 3, a contributor to The Daily Caller, Ammo Land, amongst many more, and our pro-2A, your pro-2A advocate and political commentator, Mr. Dan Wass. Um, Before we get into Joe Biden, because we're going to talk about the two years officially with... uh, with that meathead as our president, I I know that you guys and your show loaded Mike got yanked off of YouTube, and you had some followers. You you were doing some some good things over there on your YouTube channel. So what got you yanked, man? We talked about Antifa members dressing up uh, in the bushes in Trump gear to go in and start trouble. So we're talking about all that stuff that was going on that you don't hear on the mainstream news, and YouTube didn't like it. So. It was a kind of a one strike, two strike, three strikes, and we were out. And so they pulled the, the entire channel. Uh, by the way, if people want to see Loaded Mike shows, episodes, they can go to LoadedMike.com because we're now on Rumble. Yeah, we're um, there too. But what happened was, you know, we, we, we built an audience there and, and we got yanked. So um, and what it does, I think, is it makes conservative voices, conservative people, and, and us gun rights activists, and it makes us a little bit stronger now because we have to go make our own roads. We have to cr- literally create our own roads. Um, and I think ultimately what's going to happen is the conservative voice is going to rise up because we're going to have our own infrastructure, our own landscape of media. Right. And you can see podcasts, well, shows like yours popping up all over the place. I mean, great shows, conservative talk shows and radio shows and, and video web webcasts and all sorts of stuff popping up everywhere. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Um, so we're going to take over eventually. 
uh, we're going to we're going to regain our space in the in in the free speech world. Um, but right now it's just tough. It's difficult because we have to build our own uh, infrastructure. We always do better talk radio. We know that. I mean, they've tried it before, uh, failing oh, miserably. Yeah. Um, and and it's always seemed that we've kind of had the upper hand when it comes to talk radio. So now we have to get more adjusted onto the social media scene where they cornered the market and they really and really what i noticed dan they waited until we came back into power which would be under donald j trump and then they they pulled out all the stops as far as banning everybody taking channels down they waited on that and i think they they had an idea of what they were going to do before it happened yeah and, and i'm working on an article right now and people will be able to see this uh read this article on amelin it's coming out early in the week uh, what I'm going to be talking about is the, the correlation between the way Hitler did things and the way the Democrats do things. Now, what Hitler did is he basically banned all other media and had his own um, his own newspaper uh, that he called up. I forget what that was called. Um, the People's something, uh, People's Voice, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Let's see if I can find that here. Uh, but yeah, the, the People's Observer. Is oh, okay. what Hitler's. Hitler's newspaper was called. It was the only media they had. So <laughs> I think that's the idea that the Democrats are trying to do, is they're trying to eliminate all other voices and all other opinions and um, have only their opinion and their narrative present. But it's impossible for them. So they're getting extremely frustrated because every time, it's like whack-a-mole, every time they cancel somebody, another conservative podcast pops up. They can't defeat us. And it was so strange, Dan, when when Donald Trump was taken off Twitter as the president of the United States and Twitter was shadow banning, yanking people's accounts down, completely getting rid of accounts, basically taking people's followers as well. All of a sudden, when the big buyout happened and Twitter kind of made a resurgence conservative, with conservatives, which it has, uh, to be fair... All of a sudden, you have um, Elizabeth Warren and all the other lunatics saying, oh, my God, they're they're taking over, and we can't just allow <laughs> them to do this. And the thing is, Dan, we didn't. They, they're not getting banned. They're not getting any followers taken away. They're mad that we can now function on Twitter or on a social media site. That's what they're ticked off about. I know. I know. And, and the idea that they think... They believe that they have some authority over this. Yes. That's the delusional. That's the scary thing. It's not so it's not so scary that they would want to ban their opposition, but that they think they have the authority to do it is a much scarier thing. Because they've been doing it for so long and it's been allowed for so long and with the uh ding dong in the office, they think now they have free reign to do it, Dan, and you know what? I may too. If I was one of them, I probably would think the same thing. Yeah, because you're you're caught up in that bubble. You're caught up in that that whole uh, well, that bubble. That, that, yeah. that everybody around you around you says that you can you have this type of authority. They believe it. So it's crazy. and they and they say, well, Dan Wass and Freedom on Deck and and folks like that, they're Nazis. So we do need to take them down. Yeah, yeah, and then they do. And so then we have to realize that, you know, okay, so now we have to start building our own infrastructure. I knew this a long time ago, so I had all my stuff archived on Rumble. Yeah. But but I but I wasn't really actively pursuing Rumble as much as I am now, obviously. Um, and now, as soon as I start actively pursuing it, I'm getting a lot more views. And, you know, so it's, it's going to work out. We just have to be strong, and we have to understand that they don't want us there. It's almost like... I was talking to somebody, a fellow gun advocate today on the phone, um, and, and it, it's almost like, you know, we're trying to get into a party that we're not invited to. They right. don't want us there. No. And I'm not going to be somewhere that I'm not wanted. Um, right. So, so they can kiss my ass. I'm going to go somewhere else, and I'm going to build my own, uh, my own uh, you know, online presence. And the else. other part, you know what else they don't like, Dan? Donald Trump won in 2016 with the help of social media big time because he knew how to play it. And yeah. um, they want to make sure that never, ever happens again. Yeah. Yeah, it, but it will. It, they're not going to stop. They can't stop it. No, they it's impossible. can't. It, but, so that's why they're getting so frustrated. That's why right now, as we speak, there is a, a rash of, of, yeah. of 
cancellations going on right, right. now. You wouldn't believe. And so, I, I kind of want to uh, stick with this too, Dan, because it, this is the conundrum that we have as a localized show, for the most part, unless people find us online, if it's on uh, the airwaves in Connecticut or Long Island or Rhode Island. You know, I keep our presence on Facebook because there's so many people that are there that follow us and have nothing else. And I feel like I have to keep yeah. them on the uh, the the show on the page in order to, uh, you know, give the give their needs from what our show provides. Uh, and I, I yeah. would love to I would love to not have to do that. But it's not there yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally understand. I'm on Facebook, too. Um, I'm on Twitter, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Getter, uh, Truth, uh, you name it. I'm on all those sites. Um, and so you, you, you want to keep a presence everywhere, but, but you want to make sure that you understand. You, there's going to come a day when you're going to get knocked off and you should, you should be prepared in other areas to pursue, to continue on. And I think as long as we do that, you know, and we, uh, plug each other i mean that's like coming bringing you on and promoting the loaded loaded mic you know there's going to be listeners out there that say oh who's this guy dan wallace i haven't listened to him before let me go check out the loaded mic podcast whereas most people would go to that social media before even going to your site that's what people used to do with yeah. us they'd be like oh i i saw you on facebook i'm like did you check the site out what site it's like right. because it's so easy to do that yeah so how do we yeah, fix no, that? No, I totally understand. You totally get it. Yes, and social media has become such a it, it's become a big part of the, it's become the center of the, uh, the kind of the nucleus of, of our of our online uh, presence. Uh, you're right, but yeah, get them to you know your sites, get them to your main sites, or get them to your social media sites that that you can trust. When I, I always say, go to goodgunbadguy.com or loadedmike.com, and that will take you and take you to all the places that you that you can find all my stuff right it's just like people don't like doing that extra little <laughs> little bit of know. you know like you know the, the the fingers on the keys it's so easy just to go to facebook and put your your show's name in and it'll pop up a page and they think that's the same thing and it's it's not we got to figure out how to stop this is what i'm saying yeah. um without yeah, without being shadow banned right Right, and keep pursuing, keep pursuing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing, and make sure you're on safe sites uh, where you're not going to have commies, you know, in control of your destiny. Um, I never liked being having anybody in control of my destiny. I, I never liked working for companies. I never liked having anybody write my paycheck. I always wanted to make my own way in life and determine my own destiny. The last thing that I want to do is 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 be have my social presence controlled by someone who doesn't like me. Dan, tell everybody where they go and check you out. Well, best place is goodgunbadguy.com. Goodgunbadguy.com. Or for the web show, go to loadedmic.com. That's loadedmic, M-I-C, like microphone, loadedmic.com. Dan Watts. Dan, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks, pal. Don't go anywhere. There's a lot more show to go here on Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now, and Stimulating Talk. He has been told to say it clear, to say it cool. It's over. It ain't going any further. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck, Fox News 94.9 FM on your dial. Thank you, Chet. Great interview there with Dan Wass. This is C.V. Burton, and I was going to do the best of recap of Freedom on Deck, but it was too time-consuming. So then I was going to do the most epic congressional smackdowns of Democrats of 2022, but that was also too time-consuming. But when I came across... Representative Lauren Bobbert from Colorado questioning Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra on the April 6th House Budget Committee hearing. It was too delicious not to have this represent all of 2022 for this particular segment. I have to say, Lauren Bobbert is a firebrand. And she's cute, too. 
Can I say that? Well, I just did. Let's listen in. Um, to start off, as a Secretary of Health and Human Services, can you define for this committee what is a man? You're looking at one. Great. So you are a man. I like that. Can you tell me, can men get pregnant? Long, uncomfortable pause there from Xavier. Why, why do Democrats have such strange names all the time? Xavier. Uh, unless you know something I don't, uh, I think the answer is pretty obvious. What is that answer, sir? I'm asking you, is there something you know that I don't know that would say that a man... Well, I'm asking what you know. Now he's trying to dodge the question. Can men get pregnant? I'm not aware of it. Okay, he said he's not aware of it. Keep listening. Okay. Well, um, Mr. Secretary, materials coming from your department, you've referred to mothers as, as birthing persons, replacing that title with... Are, are mothers not persons? Oh, now he's trying to be coy. Mothers are persons, but it seems to be more inclusive, like you're trying to include another gender in that. I'm all about inclusion. Oh, now he's all about inclusion. A minute ago, he, uh, he said he's not aware of men getting pregnant. There you go. Um, so, well, you know, just as a mother of four boys, um, I'm not necessarily offended at that. I am a person, um, but it's just unscientific and absurd. Um, how, how so? <laughs> a minute ago, he said he wasn't aware of men getting pregnant. Now he's saying, how so can men not get pregnant? Did you ever hear the phrase, believe the science, Xavier? To include men in that, if you're going a to person? be inclusive. If you're going to be inclusive in birthing persons, yes. Well, but, but, but it seems to me that you're trying to define the Let's back up, Ken, reclaiming my time. See, Xavier is saying now that Bobbert is trying to define the terms. Yeah, to have a conversation... You have to define the terms. Can men get pregnant? Suddenly, Xavier goes silent again. So then we don't need to include them in this. Mothers are mothers. Moving forward, Mr. Secretary, I want to read for you um, from a document from your office, um, the Office of um, Population Affairs. Um, it says in here, and I quote... I like how Lauren shows up with the receipts. Gender-affirming care encompasses many facets of health care needs and support. It has been shown to increase positive outcomes for transgender and non-binary children. Mr. Secretary, what is a transgender child? A, a child in America is a child in America, and I hope you and I can love that child just as much as we can. Can you define what a transgender child is? Answer the question, you psychotic leftist goon who cannot think for himself but has to repeat the talking points of your stupid party that doesn't understand anything about science whatsoever. Have you ever seen any animal in the animal kingdom that cuts off its sexual organs to behave as the opposite sex? What? A, a, that's a child in America, and it's an American citizen child who needs the services and love just the way any other child does. Obfuscate much? That's not what she asked you. Mr. Secretary, do you believe that a child is capable of making life-altering de uh, decisions to maim themselves? So let me, let me just say to you that I don't agree with your premise. Long pause, followed by stammering, followed by more obfuscation. Just answer the question, eh? But what I will say to you is children know much about themselves and with the help of their- Do you believe that children are capable of making the decision to self-mutilate? He was going to say, and with the help of their counselors, they can make up their decision to mutilate their bodies. This is sick. This guy is sick. And so is the psychiatric community these days. You're all card-carrying members of the death cult. And with the help of their- Do you believe that children are capable of making the decision to self-mutilate? Again, I don't necessarily accept the premise well, of Well, Mr. Your Secretary, question. I mean, you have- What is the premise of the question that he doesn't accept? It's a straightforward question. Do children have the capacity to decide for themselves whether to mutilate their own bodies? Even an adult who decides to mutilate his own body for sexual dysphoria needs psychiatric help. I mean, real psychiatric help, not uh, today's pseudoscience psychiatric help. Again, I don't necessarily accept the premise well, of Well, Mr. Your Secretary, question. I mean, you have gender-affirming care for young people, so this is something that you have looked over. I don't equate gender-affirming care to mutilation. So if that's where you're going, then you're not going to get the answer you want. In what world does amputating sexual organs from a healthy body 
not equate to mutilation. Again, I go back to animals. Have you ever seen an animal gnaw off its breasts? So, um, Mr. Mr. Secretary here, can you um, can you tell me if there have been mastectomies, um, uh, uh, mastectomies, penectomies, or hysterectomies on children? Well, I, I, and have taxpayers I, funded that? So I, I could probably use the help of my wife, who's an OBGYN, who could talk for it, or maybe Dr. Virgis could could help us out. Or, or maybe Dr. Virgis could could help us out here. For gender affirming care. To be included in that. I'm sorry, pose the question one more time, please. In this gender affirming care, Mr. Secretary, have there been tax dollars put forward to fund mastectomies, penectomies, and hysterectomies for sex reassignment purposes for minors with gender dysphoria? So Americans are entitled to receive health care services. If they are entitled to receive any of the services that you just mentioned, then it would be against the law for us to try to deny them that care. And he's lumping in all Americans. She's just talking about children right now, and he won't address the point. And who makes these laws anyway? It would be against the law not to provide services that they're quote-unquote entitled to. Your children are entitled to sexual reassignment surgery? Come on! What planet are you from? I know where you're from. You're from hell. So for the record, you favor HHS's funding being able for, to, for sex reassignment for surgeries on minors. I will do everything I can to defend any American, including children, whether or not they fit the categories you have mentioned or not. And if they talk about gender affirming care, I am there to protect the rights of any American. So who is going to protect the children from you and from your psychotic leftist death cult. I know who. Lauren Barbert, for one. Mr. Secretary, I want to turn to a different document. Your office released um, uh, this uh, gender-affirming care is trauma-informed care. In this document, you clearly state that gender-affirming care includes puberty blockers, hormones, and surgeries for minor children. You go on to assure the parent to uh, assure parents that there is no scientifically sound reason to doubt Hormones and surgeries are helpful to minor children. You also discuss this in a document that the potential for removing children from their parents is on the table if they're not providing providing gender-affirming care. Did you hear that? She said that their doctrine is that hormones and surgery are helpful for children. Helpful for children how? to prevent them from having children themselves. That's how. This is all about the psychotic leftist idea that the human race is overpopulating the planet. And that's a subject of another topic. It's completely and totally false. Mr. Secretary, do you think that parents who believe in two genders only should have their children removed from them? Secretary, you, Mr. Secretary, you can answer our Respond in writing. Her time is expired. I, I can respond very quickly. Okay. Congresswoman, I, I believe in supporting and protecting transgender youth. I believe that they, along with their parents and their uh, caregivers, will make the best decisions. And I would really urge that politicians like you stay out of their business. What about politicians like you getting into their business and forcing the psychiatric industry to counsel children into having these surgeries and hormone blockers and such? You guys are the ones who are trying to label normal, healthy children as transgender. How are children supposed to decide uh, if they're transgender to have a life-altering surgery that they cannot reverse? They're too young. They're not even old enough to buy cigarettes, for God's sake. All right, Chet, we'll be right back with Tony D'Angelo. This is Freedom on Deck, Fox News Radio, 94.9 FM. Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now, and stimulating talk on the line with us right now. 
is a great friend of the program. He's a great listen on Lee LC every Tuesday, and, and you can hear him here on Freedom on Deck, usually on a monthly basis. I'm talking about the one and only Tony D. Tony D'Angelo. Tony, it's been since the midterms. You came on the week prior to the midterms. Uh, before we get any topics of discussion, how disappointed were you in Connecticut over the midterms? I was disappointed, and, and first of all, uh, good afternoon, and good afternoon to everyone. Always proud to be among you. Thank you. Uh, I was disappointed, and I really thought – I thought two things. I thought that even though I felt the fight that the Republicans put up nationally and locally, with the exception of you know where you are, um, Lee Zeldin, who I thought put up a wonderful fight uh, as best as she could do – uh, wasn't really the fight that was needed to win. I thought, oh, Chet, you know, things are so bad, uh, you know, just me talking to myself, uh, that it, these people can't possibly win. Well, they did. And how did they do it? And I just think, you know, what I saw was a lot of money just being thrown around in terms of, at least in Connecticut, for, uh, you know, gimmies, freebies, uh, life is great, uh, you know, it's back to Temptations Ball, Confusion, vote for me and I'll set you free. And there was a lot of that going around. I'm still amazed. Uh, I'm amazed at, I might as well just say it, just the stupidity of the American populace. To uh, you're, you're putting people in power who will destroy economies, destroy borders, um, do God knows what to schools and education and achievement and double talk and lie and you know, but there's so many people in like my state will say, Oh, but they're keeping us safe. They're protecting us. Well, what they're doing is they're protecting their turf by making you a nincompoop, you know, a cipher or nothing. And I, I just think it's a, shame to the grace of God and the country and the people that died to make this a free land where you could go and do what you want to do. And I, um, I, I'm, 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 I have sort of a numb acceptance to it, but I'd be lying to you, pal. I'm still numb. Tony, in Connecticut and nationally, and actually Tucker Carlson talked about this uh, a few weeks back, the Democrats outspent the Republicans it was astronomical. Um, Huge money. Where are they getting all that money from? Because if you look at how uh, the difference, I mean, if you look at what Ned Lamont spent as opposed to what Bob Stefanowski spent, you're going to expect that Ned Lamont and the Democrats in Connecticut are going to spend more. But uh, the amount that it was is just like you're, you're scratching your head just saying, where is that coming from? I don't think that's coming just from Connecticut, is it? I mean, is it where are they getting this money from, Tony? I think a lot of it is ARPA money. Uh, there's some leftover CARES money. And the other thing, we were talking about this, uh, I believe, on the last Lee show, that uh, you get uh, something where – and this is the thing, like in, in my state, uh, not – in as much as yours, but not, uh, you know, not to the degree that my state would be. You know, my state is, you know, keep them small, keep them dumb, keep them ignorant. We have a lawsuit in Connecticut uh, about zoning. It's a zoning spat with a you know, pseudo nonprofit. We, we talked about all that uh, on Tuesday. And basically what's behind the pseudo nonprofit wanting to put multi-unit housing in a uh, high-end residential community is money and interest. Now, out of nowhere, Chet Martin, we see an entry into the case by a lawyer's civil rights group that is heavily funded by one Mr. George Soros. You mentioned Soros and Canal. We don't have such. Well, this is what they do. Yeah. They are very good at using nonprofits and quasi-publics. Forty years I've been in this field. Uh, you know, I, I know corporation partnership, LLC, pooled income fund, charitable arrangements. What the bleep is a quasi-public? Well, they have them in Connecticut, and they run a lot of money through them. And you have a lot of funny money coming in unaccountable from the uh, the source of the world and these other uh, foundations and uh, 
you know, quote unquote, charitable interests. And uh, they're they're flinging it to get the job done. You know, and, and the Republican, I think, is very much in, in many ways kind of like the uh, British Revolutionary War soldier. He can't imagine six people shooting at him from six different angles because people just don't do that in war. We don't you know, that does not compute. And th- th- this is the game these people are playing. I heard so many. And Tony, I mean, listen, I heard so many excuses. The biggest excuse of all was, well, it's Donald Trump and it's uh, the right to a woman's right to choose. First of all, uh, if 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 you have a zealot that's only going to base their vote on a woman's right to choose, they're going to vote Democrat anyway. I don't know why Republicans are getting in the weeds with this stuff. If you want to blame one man for for all the the worries in this party, then we've lost anyway, haven't we? I, I don't understand how they can look at Donald Trump and say, he's the reason. It's Well, I'll tell you something. This is something that happened uh, with a relative of of mine. I I won't say who they are uh, so as not to uh, call any attention to them. But, um, you know, Rod Serling, right? Picture, if you will, there's a younger couple and younger couple, uh, two kids, you know, homes. They're uh, the... uh, the husband is, I guess, kind of uh, maybe more conservative, maybe more politically agnostic. He understands, you know, that you need material to make uh, make the engine go. Uh, the wife is a teacher, and this is not to say all teachers are like this, but she is sort of on a liberal cloud where everything is uh, great and wonderful, and um, we will put uh, things like abortion and like the environment, again, not insignificant issues, but we'll put that above all else. Yeah. And the husband was in conflict about, well, I don't want to vote for liberals. You know, these people are crazy. These people are nuts. And he's telling um, his mother this. But if I vote conservative, my wife will never speak to me again, and I will not have peace in my home. Chet Martin, there was a lot of that happening. There was a lot of that happening. I agree you know, with you it's, uh, And it's what they used to call in the brokerage business being wifed. <laughs> but it doesn't feel like the economic issue played a very big part. We we're, our economy's in shambles. Uh, Connecticut's economy is certainly not doing well. It doesn't seem like it played uh, much of a part, Tony. Well, we yeah, agree. You know, it's uh, the uh, what what scares. I mean, put it this way, which scares the heck out of me is. I don't think anybody on the political spectrum, at least nationally, well, nationally with the Consolidated Appropriations Act, that was, you know, that that showed me that 18 Republicans couldn't care if their constituents lived, died, or went sideways. Right. Just yep. Money and let's go home and eat turkey. And yep. uh, locally, um, you know, I can't speak with any authority in New York. I don't follow that as much as I do Connecticut these days, but just total and complete economic brain deadness no matter where you go and what you do. And, and I say, Chet, that how do you think this will run in five years or 10 years where you know there is no training, where there is no direction, where there is no policy, where there isn't anything to attract capital? Because if you don't attract capital, if you don't attract investment, you don't have tax money. If you don't have tax money, you don't have the government. And the people in the government, you know, <laughs> Republican, Democrat, Martian, German, Presbyterian, are too stupid to see it. And with all the and everything you exposed on these airwaves when it came to Ned Lamont, I couldn't believe that Bob Stefanowski got his butt kicked so badly. The only thing I could really think was they didn't get go after any of the things that you talked about. That was I think a real opportunity was missed there, Tony. Well, I think there was a uh, how could I put it? Um, they were underestimating the intelligence of the voter. Uh, thinking that, well, this is very, you know, esoteric stuff. And it's not esoteric stuff when somebody's robbing you blind. You don't care about how you're getting robbed, but you know if you're getting robbed. You, you don't care if the burglar came through your house by kicking the door down or by, uh, you know, tripping your wiring system. Right. All you know is you were robbed. 
Tony, we are running out of it, so let everybody know there where they come and check you out and get a hold of you if they'd like to. Well, uh, email Fortress Trust at AOL.com. I'm on Twitter at Tony D'Angelo7. And uh, looking forward to 2023. And of course, uh, you know, by the grace of our paterfamilias, Lee Elsie, you'll hear me t- Tuesday mornings at 7 on the great, outstanding Lee Elsie show. Thank you, Tony. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for coming on the program. Hey, pal. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, Tony D. Everybody, that's the one and only Tony D'Angelo. Don't go anywhere. We've got a lot more show to go here on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Destruction is the only road you're headed for. There isn't any road behind those. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. So I wanted to end the show with something that, that's a little lighthearted. It's also very bizarre. I wanted to talk a little bit about our good friend Anthony Fauci. And so does Elon Musk. As it got a little weird in a certain report that came out about doctor fraud, I mean Fauci. Days before the infectious disease expert is set to retire from government work, the New York Slimes published an article about his plans for the future. But the introduction to the article set off some on Twitter. The walls in Dr. Anthony Fauci's home office are adorned with portraits of him, drawn and painted by some of his many fans, the article says. The most striking one is by singer Joan Baez. The two of them, he said, had become pretty good friends over the years. Twitter owner Elon Musk called the detail creepy. Maybe he just loves looking at science, he quipped. That's a pretty good one from Elon Musk. He's, he's getting very involved in uh, the political sphere of talking, right, and attacking uh, certain liberals and certain conservatives. Another user highlighted a picture from April showing Fauci standing in front of diplomas and photos of himself. Uh, this is from Jerry Christmas on Twitter. The very first sentence of the New York Times profile, the walls in Dr. Anthony Fauci's home office are adorned with portraits of him. Bear in mind, he's retiring from his 27 Fauci NIH office. Another user on Twitter, Carl Deinbach, said, where's Fauci? It's like, where's Waldo? But instead of just one Waldo, Fauci's everywhere. I counted 27 confirmed Fauci's. If you assume he only puts up pictures of himself, it's probably in the hundreds, not to mention the wall space that you can't see. Now, they show you a picture of Fauci. He's obviously speaking with a a journalist, a reporter of some sort, which is very strange. The picture indeed shows Fauci standing in a wall full of pictures adorned with his image. Um, We're seeing a lot of them, uh, and it looks like maybe it's in his own private office. Uh, He actually is uh, dressed very strange in this picture, too. He's got skinny jeans on with a uh, dress jacket. He looks like, I don't know, uh, Ryan Seacrest from the waist down. Bill Clinton from the waist up. Ryan Seacrest from the waist down. Brian Griffin, a press secretary. That's weird, Brian Griffin. Got any uh, Family Guy fans out there? Brian Griffin, a press secretary of Florida. uh, And Ron DeSantis tweeted, through the public would benefit from rigorous debate and disagreement over this man's edicts. The best the MSM can do is fawning feature pieces written to idolize Dr. Fauci. Um, the first sentence that you need to check out is the importance of Dr. Fauci. Another user wrote, regardless of how you feel about him, this is creepy. Yeah, it is. So, but, well, I mean, you've heard Anthony Fauci, right? We, we, we all know who he is. He does seem to be a bit of a self-worshipper. He seems to put himself on a pedestal as the liberal mainstream media does as well. He seems to have a certain air about him. He's certainly a lefty, 
He's made a lot of money off of COVID-19. He sits on a, uh, I don't know if he does anymore, but he did sit on a board that was involved with the direction of the the vaccines created to combat COVID-19. And he also has involvement with some other salacious characters that that have been involved with the direction of the COVID vaccine and the use and the manufacturing of the COVID vaccine. And right now, with the blank storm that's happening with COVID vaccines, as you have seen, uh, even the mainstream media can't hide it anymore that people have been dying. People have been getting blood clots, especially when it comes to the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So there's a lot of stale air around Anthony Fauci. Now, the interesting part of it all is this is lighthearted, and obviously I'm showing you a man that self-worships and somebody that thinks he walks on water, so, so to speak, but... When you see all of this information coming out now with the vaccinations killing people, Anthony Fauci is stepping away from government work. And make no mistake about it, as a Trump supporter, I was concerned about Anthony Fauci back then and the involvement that he had with Donald Trump in the direction of the vaccines that were developed at the time. So that was something that was a concern for me in 2019. Now, going forward now, he's going to hit the road and answer for nothing. I think there's something very salacious about all this, don't you? Well, I guess for the most part, we can say that it's, it's good to see him go. But at the same time... I want to know what he knew, how much he knew, and if he knew much at all. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I mean, he could just be a figurehead, you know, just as the same as as Joe Biden is for the decisions being made in that administration. We know Joe Biden isn't making most of those decisions. I mean, he's not smart enough, and he's certainly cognitively not there anymore. So I guess we're going to kind of watch Anthony Fauci and see what he does after his tenure is finished inside the government side of medicine. Now we'll see if he goes and retires and maybe he'll move down to Idaho and open his own potato farm or peanut farm, just like uh, Jimmy Carter. But I'm not taking my eyes off this guy. This guy, this guy is running for a reason. He still gets the attention of the media, so his name's not going anywhere. And certainly, he's the type of person that can't stay out of the spotlight. Like I said, he hero worships himself. We've heard Lee Elsie talk about hero worship. How about hero worshiping yourself? Uh, Total arrogance in the form of Anthony Fauci. Dr. Fraud. Um, It's amazing when you look into the past, too, of Anthony Fauci and all the Horrible things he's done and said when it comes to infectious diseases in the 1980s, what he said about the AIDS uh, disease. I'm not going to get into it. It's too nasty to say on these airwaves anyway. As we say for Lee Elsie, it's a family show, so we got to be careful. But um, if you start to look into his past and the things that have uh, galvanized him to the mainstream media, and to the left, and, and to people that actually care and remember the, the things that he has done and said, you'll see somebody that uh, either isn't very bright or just doesn't have the capacity for caring. I, I would go, you know, I know Anthony Fauci's a bright man, so I'm going with the latter. He's just not a good person. He's just not a good guy. He probably has his hand in the cookie jar too much to ever come out and and actually talk truth with the matter of his political leanings and his his the way that he constructed 
the avenue of, of COVID-19 to affect the 2020 elections. I'm sorry, everybody knows that that's exactly why they did all that. And Anthony Fauci was a big player in all of that. So, but, hey, listen, I'm t- look, I can admit it, Donald Trump was, was in office when Anthony Fauci first grabbed the microphone and really got attention. Nobody knew who he was prior to that. Nobody knew him. I didn't know him. I looked into his background and found out who he was and what he had to do with HIV and the horrible things that he said and the horrible business he conducted with his foundation and with Bill Gates. But now we see the face of arrogance. When you see a man posing in front of 30 pictures of himself, and all you have to do is uh, go look at the article that I'm, I'm speaking from here and and you can see it for yourself. Good old Anthony Fauci. One of the good guys, isn't he? I want to thank everybody. You know, next week we'll be back. And make sure you listen to our good buddy Lee Elsie as he did a fantastic job on the Mike Gallagher show, sitting in for Mike. And I'm sure he'll have many more opportunities for that nationally. And we're very proud of him. And we root for the laundry. We root for Lee. We root for our guys here on 94.9, of course. Next week, we're going to have some great guests. Same Freedom Time, same Freedom Channel. Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. God bless America.